I just want to start this episode with uh, one of my favourite quotes of all time from one of my favourite players of all time, none other than John Elway. Uh, he says, I've experienced the highest of highs and lowest of lows. I think to really appreciate anything, you have to be at both ends of the spectrum. Um, this is really hits close to home. Burjo, um, congratulations for the first win of the season. You really deserved it. You fought hard. Um, I know you're trying to tank, but, you know, this win, it's good for morale. You're building something really special over there um, at your team. I look forward to seeing uh, what it can become 10 years from now because I feel like that's how long it's going to take you to get any sort of competitive team on your roster. Um, but this is a loss my team needed. Um, I'm st- still sitting at 4-1, and one, still very happy with how my team's performed. We'll be peaking at the right time, okay? It's the loss we needed. Got to experience the lows to appreciate the highs that are going to be coming this season for the Stonecutters. Yo, 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 what's good, Addicts Gang? Welcome back. It is none other than Frank to give you your Week 5 review. Um, Love being part of your wrap-up to Week 5. Every single week, we break down the game to tell you what matters, what doesn't matter, um, what I think is going to be happening going forward, who you need to be picking up, who you need to be dropping. Um, Basically, all the storylines from Week 5 fantasy football. Um, Again, hasn't been a great week for my fantasy team. Got done by Burjo, well done. And then the Broncos got beat on Thursday night football as well, so a little bit of a sad week for me, but we'll push on, okay? Plenty of better things ahead, I'm sure. Um, we'll start off with that Thursday night game. Um, could possibly have been the worst game I've ever seen. Um, zero touchdowns scored. Disgusting. Um, yeah, just horrific game. Russell Wilson, is he washed? He might be because, God, he looked awful. And now all of a sudden he's got a shoulder injury. So that's something we're going to monitor going forward with Russell Wilson. I don't think he's someone you can trust in your lineups. I know a lot of people took him in, you know, the seventh round, eighth round of drafts, which we were all thinking was going to be great value. But really, he really has not panned out. Um, if you, you should have better options out there, honestly, um, at the quarterback position until we see something different from Russell Wilson. Make sure we monitor that injury. Um, he went for 274 yards, two interceptions, couldn't get anything going with any of the receivers. Um, nothing really too interesting um, on that side of the ball for Russell Wilson. Melvin Gordon led the team in rushing with 15 carries for 54 yards, went at 3.6 a carry. Not super efficient, but that's what we've come to expect from Melvin Gordon. He did fumble the football again. This one wasn't lost, so it's not as detrimental to his long-term fantasy output. He is going to probably be the lead back there. Um, but Mike Boone, he looked really good. He had seven carries for 38 yards. I think the two of them are going to have close to a 50-50 split than what Melvin Gordon owners would be hoping for just because of the performance Melvin's been putting up. Uh, Russell Wilson had four for 22 as well. Um, on the receiving front, Colton Sutton continues to lead the Broncos in receiving. He had five for 74. Jerry Jude 
duty, 353. Just can't seem to get a good connection with Russell Wilson um, at this stage in the season. Melvin Gordon had three catches, 49 yards. Mike Boone had three for 47 as well. Eric Sorbert had five for 36. Appears to be the number one tight end in Denver. Alberto just can't seem to uh, get going. And I think, yeah, Eric Sorbert's been far more involved. I think we have to accept the fact that Alberto isn't a thing. Um, I don't think you really want any of the... Broncos pass catches outside of Colton Sutton and Jerry Judy. The others are pretty redundant when it comes to fantasy football. Move over to the Colts side of the ball. Another really lackluster performance game from Matt Ryan. I think we can confidently say that he is washed. Um, he had 251 yards, two interceptions. Some of the throws he was making were just like, even the ones he completed. So there was one in particular that sticks out to me where he completed it to the right side to Alec Pierce. And the ball just hung in the air for like what felt like 20 minutes. I can't believe it didn't get picked off, if I'm perfectly honest. So he had 251 yards, two interceptions. Pretty poor game. Um, Deion Jackson was the far more productive, not far more productive, but the more productive running back for the Colts in Jonathan Taylor's absence. He had 13 yards, uh, 13 carries, 62 yards, 4.8 a carry. Philip Lindsay was heavily involved as well, 11 for 40 at 3.6. Naheem Hines looked like he got killed very early in the day, um, was clearly uh, had a concussion, had to be taken off the field. Um, very disappointing. I did play him in a couple spots as well, so I did feel uh, the hurt of having Naheem Hines. Um, like I said, Alec Pierce had a really good game. He had 8 for 81. He's someone that keeps putting together these nice weeks and he's going to be someone that gives you value. I played against Alec Pierce with Burge on Burjo's team and it hurt me, hurt me. I'll tell you what, I wasn't expecting much from him, but uh, uh, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I won't be underestimating Alec Pierce anymore. Michael Pittman had another quiet day, 5.59. He's probably disappointed fantasy owners. Hopefully there are better days ahead for Michael Pittman, but not the wide receiver one you drafted him to be. Deion Jackson was involved in the passing game. He had 4 for 29. Should... Um, Philip, sorry, should Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor miss next week? Deion Jackson should be a nice little plug and play piece, especially in PPR leagues. If he's going to have, um, you know, four catches for a few yards, it's going to be nice for your team. Paris Campbell had two for 22. Aston Dolan, one for 18. Kylan Granson, one for 16. Philip Lindsay caught three balls for 14 yards. Um, Merley Cox had a catch. Naheem Hines had a catch before exiting as well. Nothing too inter- else interesting coming out of that game, it, like I said. Gross. It was genuinely gross. Um, let's move on to the London game, Packers versus Giants. And it was the Giants who ended up getting over the top of the Green Bay Packers late. Really, really great, um, you know, I almost have to say great coaching and then great play, obviously, by none other than Saquon Barkley. I'll start with the Packers' side of the ball. They had the lead going to the fourth quarter, and then, you know, they lost that quarter 14-2 and lose the game by five points. If I'm honest, it's it's got to be on the offense to string drives together. I mean, Aaron Rodgers had a nice game, but nothing spectacular. Had 222 yards and two touchdowns. Aaron Jones had 13 carries, 63 yards. AJ Dillon, not as involved as he normally is, had six carries for 34 yards. I do think there are better days for AJ Dillon. There will be, you know, I think it'll be closer to a 50-50 split most weeks. It's just Aaron Jones look like the back that can give them more versatility um, when the offense was struggling at times. Um, in the receiving game, Randall Cobb had 7 for 99, um, no touchdown, but Alan Lazard continues to get into the end zone. Um, is 
you know, Aaron Rodgers' favorite target, especially in the red zone. He always seems to get a touchdown. So four for 35 in the touchdown. Romeo Dubes had three for 29. Quite a day for the rookie, but he will be having, you know, I think he'll have a good rest of the season. I really like Romeo Dobbs. Robert Tonyan, four for 23. Um, and Aaron Jones chimed in with a couple catches as well. Um, move on to the giant side of the ball. A bit more of a storyline there. Daniel Dines really managed the game well. Had 21 of 27, 217 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. But he did give you 14 yards on the ground as well. But it was really the Saquon Barkley show. Brian Daywell put on a coaching masterclass and really controlled the ball. Um, controlled, you know, the time of possession. Was really able to basically win this game from the sideline. I think both teams are very evenly matched. And this New York Giants team is better than a lot of us thought. Saquon had 13 for 70 and a touchdown. Um, it was nice seeing get involved in the Wildcat. Whatever you can do to get Saquon Barkley touches, uh, I think the Giants are going to do it because he is insane. Um, so yeah, Daniel Dimes. Sorry, he didn't have four for fourteen. That was Matt Breida. Let me. I, my eyes are spinning me out here. Danny Dimes had ten carries for thirty-seven yards. Matt Breida had four for fourteen. Um, on the receiving side of the ball, Darius Slayton had a nice game, six for seventy-nine. Especially with Sterling Shepard out and Kadarius Tony, Darius Slayton could be, you know, a volume play. But we thought Richie James was going to be that volume play. He only had two for sixteen. Daniel Bielinger had two for twenty-two. Marcus Johnson three for thirty-five. Saquon had three for thirty-six to add to his rushing stat line. Um, not too much to take away from this game. Um, as far as the Packers running backs go, I think this is a bit of a throwaway game. For the two of them, there will be better times ahead. They just, yeah, this game just didn't really, um, you know, suit those backs. The defense for the New York Giants is really good, and uh, they did, definitely did struggle. Speaking of struggle, the Patriots dominated the Detroit Lions 29-0. Shut them out. The highest scoring offense in the NFL, the Detroit Lions, got shut out. Um, so the Lions went back to being what we thought the Lions were, um, and that's garbage. So we had Jared Goff had 229 yards, 19-35, no touchdowns, one interception, played very poorly, couldn't get anything going. The Patriots defense looked as good as it ever does um, and always looks good, so we can expect more of that going forward. Jamal Williams carried the load um, on the ground with the absence of DeAndre Swift. He had 15-56, 3.7 yards a carry. Um, you know, it was pretty, un, uh, you know, unspectacular, pretty inefficient. Craig Reynolds had 6-24, Justin Jackson 3-14. for 14. Um, Receiving game. Josh Reynolds had a nice game, 6-92. for 92. Continues to give you a nice little volume play at wide receiver position, especially with Armin Ra St. Brown. He was back but wasn't heavily involved. He had 4-18. for 18. Um, didn't look quite 110% like he normally does. Um, so quite game for him. Craig Reynolds chimed in with three for 68. Cleef Rowan had five for 45 as well. Hawkinson, another really another quiet game after the massive game he had last week. Just the one catch for six yards. Offense just couldn't stay on the field. Patriots were just far too dominant. Bailey Zappi, rookie quarterback, third string quarterback. He's been brought in seven for 21, 188 yards and a touchdown. One interception, was able to manage the game really well. They lent on the running game. Speaking of leaning on the running game, Ramondre Stevenson, or should I say Ramondre Steven season. One of my favorite players coming into the offseason, um, coming into this year, got him on my dynasty team, got him in a couple of redraft leagues as well. Very excited about what he's going to give us these few weeks going forward, and I'll explain why in just a moment. But he had 25 carries, 161 yards, 6.4 a carry. He's just a good running back, everyone. Then, now... Damian Harris. 
little bit disappointing because I did trade for Damien Harris recently. It was more just to lock up that backfield. Um, but Damien Harris had four for 11 at 2.8 yards carry. But the important part is he has gone down with a hamstring injury. They're expecting it to be a multi-week hamstring injury, which are really nasty. Um, so at this point, they're expecting multiple weeks. So my guess is probably three weeks. But if they give him four weeks, they put him on injury reserve. They then get that extra buy. That gives him an extra week of rest. I imagine that they take him out, put him on IR, give him four weeks. Give The fifth week is the buy, and he'd be fresh, ready to go for that next week. That's how I imagine how things are going to run. So that those four games with Damian Harris out, let's, let's assume that we're getting four games of Ramondre Stevenson as the lone back. Ramondre Stevenson is a top 15 back for those weeks. I think you can lock that in. The volume's going to be there. Pass catching work's going to be there, and I really do believe in the talent. Um, I think he's a really good running back. And behind this Patriots offensive line, who've been really good, behind an offense that's relatively conservative, they're not going to stretch the field. They're not going to throw the ball 40 times a game, especially if Bailey Zappi has to continue to start games for them. Um, in the receiving game, though, you know who is awesome? Jacoby Myers continues to be the guy in this Patriots offense. Seven catches, 111 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he looks like a really, really good player, someone who's completely underrated and uh, definitely needs to be on Raiders. If you haven't picked him up, he's available in your leagues. He is a must-start player because the volume is just so high. Um, you've got to get him. Hunter Henry, 454, nice game for him. Ramondre Stevenson, 2 for 14, nice little um, point boost onto your rushing totals. Tyquan Thornton, in his first game back, had two catches, seven yards. Nice to see him. Got him on a stash away um, on my taxi squad, so it's good to see him get back into the game. Um, then we'll move on to the very next game, Browns-Chargers. What an exciting game to watch. Really enjoyed it. And the Chargers nearly threw it away at the end. Um, yeah, the coaching staff in LA, they just love to go for it on fourth down. Uh, they gave the Browns a chance to win the game. They went for it in their own territory, didn't get it, and then the, the Browns kicker ended up missing the field goal. Um, so, again, they got the win in the end, but uh, almost threw it away at the last moment. Jacoby Brissett um, did basically what you expect from Jacoby Brissett, 230 yards, one touchdown, one interception, did an okay job. Um, on the ground, though, Nick Chubb, the running back one in fantasy right now, and he could be – he definitely – sorry, not could be. He is the best running back in football. Um as a pure runner, he's it's unmatched what he does on the ground for this Cleveland Browns offense. 17 carries, 134 yards, at eight a carry and two touchdowns. He's just awesome. Kareem Hunt did his thing. I mean, 11 carries, 47 yards. Not as efficient, but obviously you're not going to expect eight yards a carry every single week. But he had a touchdown as well. So if you, you know, this is probably a spot where you're expecting Kareem Hunt to get into the end zone. High scoring game, nice matchup. Um, so it's really good that you're able to predict that. Um, as far as receiving weapons go, David Njoku had another good week, 6 for 88. Amari Cooper, 7 for 76 and a touchdown. He's really putting together a nice season. Donovan Peoples-Jones as well. He had 450, nice little uh, stat line there. Kareem Hunt had 3 for 10 as well. David Bell, the rookie, got his, another catch onto his stat line as well. Um, until Deshaun Watson gets back, it's really just... Um, Amari Cooper, you want to be putting in your lineups. Donovan Peoples Jones and David Bell are interesting if the passing volume goes up when Deshaun Watson's back. Um, as for the Chargers, Justin Herbert had a nice little game here 22 of 34, 228 yards and one touchdown. Um, you know, by his standards, a bit of a quiet game, but it was the running game that was incredible. Um, speaking of incredible, Austin Eckler, 16 carries, 173 yards at 11 a clip and one touchdown. 
He's awesome. Austin Eckler is back in a big way. Andrew, I know you're very happy about it. Um, Austin Eckler is a top five running back moving forward if he wasn't already. He was already drafted to be that. The, the slow start to the season shouldn't have scared anyone who knew what they were doing. Josh Kelly had 10 carries, 49 yards, and a touchdown as well. Again, Austin Eckler is not someone that's going to give you 30, 30 carries a game. They're going to share the load a little bit. That's fine. You signed up for that with Austin Eckler. You get that efficiency, and we've seen that. Mike Williams had another monster game, 10 catches, 134 yards. Didn't get into the end zone this time, but he continues to be um, a really, really good high-end wide receiver. Josh Kelly had two for 33. Austin Eckler had four catches, 26 yards, and got into the end zone again. So he just turned that into a monster fantasy day. Josh Palmer, three for 24. DeAndre Carter, two for nine. Jared Everett only had one catch for two yards. Jared Everett, again, was been really good the first few weeks of the season, but, you know, bound to disappoint eventually. Um, hopefully he wasn't in too many of your lineups. I mean, he probably was in quite a lot of people's lineups, but not mine, so uh, that's all that matters. Now, speaking of disappointing um, teams this week, Jacksonville Jaguars. We were expecting this to be, you know, the turn of Trevor Lawrence and he's turned his career around and he's he's the prospect we all thought he was and then he's come out and played like this 25 47 286 yards and two interceptions really um gross game between these two teams the two offenses could not do anything um yeah Trevor Lawrence a little bit disappointing and that translated into the receiving game as well obviously Marvin Jones not many people would have had him um, in their lineups, but he had seven for 104. Really good if somehow you had him in DraftKings. Good on you. Um, Evan Ingram, uh, six for 69. He's a nice tight end, probably a, you know, a high-end tight end too, just based on volume. Appears to be the number one guy there. Um, Travis Etienne had three for 43. Dan Arnold, one for 20. Uh, Chris Manhurts, two for 15. Zay Jones, three for 12. James Robinson, two for 12. Christian Kirk, just one catch um, for 11 yards after the hot start he's had to this season. Um, bound to cool down, but I still think Christian Kirk's going to be good for the rest of the season. Rushing is where the storyline is at, though. Travis Etienne, 10 carries, 71 yards, 7.1 a carry. Trevor Lawrence had 4 for 29, and James Robinson also had 10 carries, matching Travis Etienne. He only had 27 yards, went at 2.7 a carry. Now, this week marked the very first week that Travis Etienne outsnapped and outtouched James Robinson. Last week, I predicted a bit of a changing of the guard here. Obviously, I've traded for Travis Etienne. I don't want to you know, put too much of my bias on it, but... I did say this last week, and I was even thinking it. That's why I've gone and traded. That's why I went and traded for him. There is a bit of a changing of the guard I'm seeing here in Jacksonville. I think Travis Etienne is going to take over this backfield, not entirely because they're going to deploy two backs, and I think they're rightfully, you know, going to do that. I think Travis Etienne is going to give you 12 carries a game. He gave us 10 this week, but he's going to be involved in the passing game, and I think he's the far more efficient back, especially if he gets some work in the red, more work in the red zone and on the goal line. He's going to be a really good fantasy back. But I think you've got to downgrade James Robinson. You've got to upgrade Travis Etienne. And they're both going to be, you know, mid, probably mid-running back twos is my guess. But I think Travis Etienne being the superior talent, he's looking like a first-round running back. And James Robinson still looking far better than an undrafted rookie running back. But I think that talent's starting to shine through. Travis Etienne looks really good, starting to get comfortable at the NFL level. As far as the Texans go, Davis Mills only threw the ball 24 times, completing 16 of his passes, 140 yards. Pretty pedestrian game. But you know who is awesome? Damian Pierce. 26 carries, 99 yards, one touchdown. 
he, I can't remember what the stat was, but he broke so many tackles. It was the most recorded broken tackles in a game by a running back in PFF's history. Since they started recording broken tackles, that's the most they've ever had. They just couldn't take him down. Um, he is an incredibly good running back. Looks like a baby Marshawn Lynch, if we're perfectly honest. Um, he's a, you know, he's genuinely a high-end running back two, running back late and running back one for the rest of the season. He's the guy in Houston. Um, as long as they can keep games competitive, he's going to be really, really good for fantasy. Um, the receiving weapons, Brandon Cooks had a really quiet day, four for 20. The offense couldn't get going. Jordan Nakins had two for 22. Daniel Pierce had three catches for 14. Rex Burkhead, two for 13. Um, Nico Collins actually led the team in receiving yards. This uh, sophomore, he had four for 65. I think I really do like Nico Collins. If this offense can be more high-powered, and I don't think that's going to happen under Davis Mills, Nico Collins is a nice little piece that if you got, if he's available in your dynasty league, like, just pick him up. You never know what he could be. If they get a nice a quarterback upgrade, um, he could be a really good piece because he appears to be you know, the clear-cut wide receiver two behind Brandon Cooks. And obviously, Brandon Cooks probably isn't going to be there you know, for the prime of the next franchise quarterback, I would imagine. Next game I want to get into, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get over the Atlanta Falcons 21-15. to Tom Brady, 351 yards, one touchdown, threw the ball 52 times. We just need to start getting used to Tom Brady doesn't care anymore. He's going to throw the ball 50 times if he has to. He's just going to get the team over the line. Um, they were ahead for 90% of the game. They were up 21-0. to Then the Atlanta Falcons came back late, scored 15 points in the last quarter. Game wasn't really in doubt. Leonard Fournette, 14 for 56, one touchdown. Continues to do Leonard Fournette things. He's really good. Sharp White, 5 for 14, got involved a little bit on the ground. But it was Leonard Fournette through the air. Continues to be Tom Brady's best friend when, when he's under pressure. And even when he's not under pressure, they're getting Leonard Fournette so heavily involved in the passing game. He's gen- he's probably a top five running back the rest of the season. I hate to admit it. Dylan Lawrence, I don't like you. I don't like Leonard Fournette, but geez, good at putting up fantasy points. He had 10 catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown through the air. Mike Williams, 4 for 81. Nice little game. Chris Goldman, 6 for 61. You almost expect that to be the floor for those two guys. They're just that good. Kate Otten, um... Showed something, he looked nice. He had 6 for 43. Scotty Miller, 4 for 35. Sharp White got involved in the passing game, 3 for 28. Russell Gage, 2 for 20. Um, on the Falcons' side of the ball, Marcus Mariota, 14 to 25, 147 yards, one touchdown. They couldn't stay on the field, didn't have that many attempts. Marcus Mariota did, however, give you 61 yards on the ground, which is really nice on seven carries. Tyler Gia led the backfield with 13 carries for 45 yards, which is not too bad considering the... Tampa Bay Buccaneers' defensive line is really talented. Caleb Huntley had 8 for 34. Avery Williams, 3 for 11. But it was him who got into the end zone. It wasn't even Caleb Huntley. It wasn't even Tyler Allegier. It was Avery Williams who got the touch, the touchdown. So if you're people like me, who I started Tyler Allegier in a league, hoping he'd be the one to get the goal line carry when they inevitably got there, and it wasn't. So a little bit disappointed. Again, um, in terms of the receiving weapons for the Falcons... They basically are only as good as what Marcus Mariota is going to put them in a position to be. Um, you had Kyle Pitts out this week. You're expecting Drake London to have a good game with the need to put up points, especially when they're playing behind 21-0. to zero. Um, But again, what slightly disappointing game for Drake London, 4 for 35. Um, Olamita Zacchaeus had 2 for 39 and a touchdown. Cannot believe... Olamide Zacchaeus put up a touchdown against me and Burjo had him in his lineup. That's the kind of rubbish I had to deal with. 
Sakia scored a touchdown on me and I've lost by like 15 points. And I'll get to the other names of another guy who scored a touchdown on me and I'm filthy on it as well. But we'll get there. Kadero Hodge, 3 for 33. Anthony Fersker, two, 1 for 11. Avery Williams, 2 for 10. Brian Edwards, 1 for 9. Parker Hesse, if I've butchered his name, I'm sorry, Parker. 1 for 9. Um, on to the very next game we've got. Let's go. It's, it's loading. That's all right. Here we go. Oh, no. I've just seen the next game. Uh, Buffalo Bills, Pittsburgh Steelers. God, that was tough to watch, wasn't it, everyone? Um, it was like watching a, you know, a, a fully grown man just beat a five-year-old. Like, no one enjoys seeing that. It's a crime. Like, you'd go to jail. Um, but instead, they've put this and they've televised it all over the world and... You know, I don't know if everyone's seen The Simpsons and that meme where it's like, stop, he's already dead. That's how I felt watching the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Josh Allen, he is just incredible. He just reminds me of everything that the that the NFL stands for, just the best athletes. And they just make it look easy. He makes the, def- the, the defenders look like they're just not even in his league, like there should be a reserves league and then guys like Josh Allen. 424 yards, four touchdowns, did throw the interception as well. Um, again, they got up really early in this game, so they started. They used a lot of backs. Um, so we had Devin Singletary, 6 for 42, um, went for seven yards carry, had a nice little game. Josh Allen, 5 for 42, gave you those four um, point two points on the ground. James Cook, 4 for 31, and a touchdown. They used him late, got into the end zone, looked nice. If he can start to carve out a roll, good for James Cook. He doesn't have that kind of ceiling. I personally thought he was going to give us to start the year, but, you know, if he can work his way, um, you know, onto the field more, but the way that Devon Singletary's playing, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Um, I've just seen the name, and I just got to, like, feel like I've got numb flashbacks. Gabe Davis. I lost my fantasy matchup because Gabe Davis had three catches. What he did with those three catches is he turned it into 171 yards and two touchdowns. We all knew the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense was going to be a good matchup for Gabe Davis. I didn't think it was going to be 171 yards and two touchdowns good matchup. As you can tell, I'm not I'm not very happy that I lost uh, my fantasy matchup. Um, Stefan Diggs, 8 for 102 and one touchdown as well. Oh, Christ, I've just realized as well. I went up against Khalil Shakir. The rookie who had three for 75 and a touchdown. And I went up against Josh Allen. I feel like I'm painting a picture here for the listeners. I copped Gabe Davis. I copped Olamita Zacchaeus. I copped Khalil Shakir. Alec Pierce. Obviously, Josh Allen's going to be good. I'm not mad about that. I'm expecting Josh Allen to be good. But those other three names, or four names, I've been screwed. I'm just going to say it. I've been screwed. But it happens in fantasy football. It's, it's got to happen. I'd rather it happen now than happening in the grand final or happening in, you know, first week of, you know, the playoffs. It's fine. I'll get over it. Or maybe I won't get over it. Who knows? Um, Isaiah Hodgins, 4 for 41. Quinton Morris, 3 for 39. Singletary had a catch for four yards as well. Pittsburgh Steelers side of the ball. Could not get anything going. Really struggled in the red zone. Um, Kenny Pickett, 34 of 52. 327 yards, one uh, one interception, zero touchdowns. Jalen Warren got involved as well on the ground. He had 5 for 24. Najee Harris. The alarm bells would have to be ringing. For Najee Harris owners, 
I almost would go as far as to say you got to put him on your bench, but you're probably not. You probably don't have other options that are gonna give you the kind of volume that Najee gives you. Like he gives you at least double-digit carries. He's gonna give you three, four, five targets a game. Like you're not gonna get that kind of guaranteed volume anywhere else. But this offensive line is struggling. The offense is struggling. To be honest, Najee Harris is struggling. He hasn't looked that good. He hasn't looked like the kind of player he was last year. Um, It's very, very worrying, honestly. George Pickens led the team in receiving yards yet again. Um, Looks like he's going to be far more involved. That probably limits the upside on Deontay Johnson, especially Chase Claypool, but I don't think anyone was expecting a massive ceiling on Chase Claypool. Um, But he had 6 for 83, Deontay Johnson 5 for 60, and Chase Claypool 5 for 50. Not any massive um, surprises or massive games from either of those three. Zach Gentry had 5 for 43. Jalen Warren chimed in for 4 for 39. Najee Harris, 3 for 16. Connor Hayward, 2 for 12. Pat Frymouth, 2 for 12. was a little bit disappointing for the Moose owners. All right, let's get into the next game. Where we at? Jets, Dolphins. Now, how about those New York J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets? Zach Wilson got that dog in him. 14-21, 210 yards, managed the game incredibly well. Now, this rushing attack for the New York Jets, they're 3-2 and two now. They've beaten the Dolphins. That's a division game. You never know. With the two backs that they've got, Brees Hall and Michael Carter. Now, Michael Carter had 10 for 21, went at 2.1 yards a carry, but he got in for two touchdowns, so, like, good on him. But we know what's going to be happening from now on to the end of the season and, you know, hopefully for years to come with none other than Brees Hall. 18 for 97, 5.4 a carry, one touchdown. He is the workhorse back um, in New York. He's going to be getting majority of the work. Michael Carter's going to be sporadically used as well, but we know who the better, more talented back is here. He had two catches for a hundred. Count them up, hundred yards. He's the man. He's just going to continue to do what he does, and that is just show off the, his first round. What was it? First round? Second round? Might have been second round. His second round talent, why he was the first running back taken off the board. Um, he's an incredibly good player, and I think uh, the sky is the limit for Brees Hall. Corey Davis led the team in rece- in receiving yards at the wide receiver position. He had 2 for 38. Garrett Wilson, 3 for 27. CJ Uzama, 2 for 12. Michael Carter, 2 for 12. Jeff Smith, 1 for 11. Elijah Moore, 1 for 11. The fact that these wide receivers all had quiet games um, is basically a direct translation from Zach Wilson um, just isn't going to give these guys a ceiling to be consistent weekly starters. I was trying to pick the Corey Davis week, hoping that this game would be, you know, a back and forth affair. But it was the Jets who, you know, dominated from the start um, and were able to get away from the Miami Dolphins. So I was a little bit disappointed with Corey Davis's performance. I do want to mention though, there was a rushing stat I neglected to read out, um, not because I was going to ignore it, but because I wanted to bring attention to it right at the end here. Braxton Berrios. Braxton Berrios. Forgive me, forgive me for not being familiar with his game, but the listeners should probably won't probably won't be that familiar unless you're like a diehard Jets fan. You probably don't know who this guy is. I only know who this guy is because you know I run a fantasy football podcast. It's kind of my 
I, I wouldn't say my job. I hopefully one day it is my job, but yeah, you know, this is just a hobby. I'm a loser. I've got nothing else to do. Um, Braxton Barrows, one carry, 15 yards, and this guy got into the end zone against me. I can't believe that's you can't if you can't Zacchaeus has touchdown. Braxton Berrios has touchdown, Khalil Shakir's touchdown, and then the two touchdowns from Gabe Davis. I only lost by 15 points. There's 24 points right there. Oh, I'm just disgusted. I'm disgusted in the manner I lost. And I'm really, really upset about it. I take back me being I'm over it. I'm not over it. I don't think I ever will be. Anyway, let's go to the Dolphin side of the ball. Oh, just every time I just remember... He had Raheem Mostert. I'm going to start with the rushing stats. I normally start with the quarterback stats, but no, I'm just pissed off. 18 carries, 113 yards, 6.3 carry, and a touchdown. I'm sorry. You went and paid Chase Edmonds all this money, and you decide, nah, 30-year-old Raheem Mostert. He's, I mean, admittedly, he looks awesome. And I'll, like, I'm just mad that it was 113 yards and one touchdown. It couldn't have been, like, 15 carries... A buck sixty and no touchdown. No, you had to get in. Just, I'm just, oh, just disgusting. Tyreek Hill had two for thirteen on the ground. Miles Gaskin had four for nine as well. I mean, why the hell are they using Miles Gaskin? And Chase Edmonds sucks. Um, he could be dropped. He's no good. One carry, one yard. Cool. He's not even the workhorse back. He's not in the receiving back. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know why he's even there. Um, obviously, two are still out. Um, they went with Teddy Bridge. He then got injured. It was Skylar Thompson. At that point, the Dolphins didn't have too much chance of winning, okay? The rookie was like a sixth or seventh round pick or something along those lines. 19-33, uh, 166 yards, one interception. Tyreek Hill had 747. Gave, didn't totally bust on you. Mike Secchi, one catch for 30 yards. Miles Gaskin, three for 24. Jalen Waddle, three for 23. Not going to blame him. We've got to blame the subpar quarterback. Cedric Wilson, two for 20. And then Raheem Mostert had a catch for nine yards. Let's get on to the next game. Hopefully, there's not any players I've forgotten about that have screwed me over this week in my matchup. Or I might just lose it. Um, Kirk Cousins got the job done over the Chicago Bears. Um, he had... 296 yards, one touchdown, one interception, 32 of 41. Darwin Cook, he's back in a big way. 18 carries, 94 yards, two touchdowns. We knew Darwin Cook would be back. If you're panicking on him, you need to be more patient, all right, guys? We don't want to be reactionary. We want to be proactive. We want to, you know, trade for guys we think are going to improve. Obviously, you don't want to be losing fantasy matchups, but you don't want to be trading away talent like Darwin Cook. There's a reason why you took him in the first round. You just need to be a little bit patient. Justin Jefferson continues to do Justin Jefferson things. 12-154. He's incredible. Um, Irv Smith, 448, gave you a nice little game there. If you played him, I mean, you're probably not too upset with the, what, what he ended up giving you. 5 for 41 for KJ Osborne was a nice little stat line for him. Seems to be taking away a little bit of work from Adam Thielen, but I do think Adam Thielen, who had 4 for 27, there will be better days ahead for him. Always seems to find himself into the fall into the end zone, you know, eight times a year. I think touchdowns will come for Adam Thielen. Dalvin Cook had 2 for 27. Alexander Madison, 3 for 21. Madison also had nine, nine carries for 19 yards. <laughs> Onto the Bears' side of the ball, we had Justin Fields, 15-21, 208 yards, one touchdown. They continue to not allow Justin Fields to throw the ball more than like 25 times a game. Um, he had eight carries, 47 yards. Nice to see them getting him involved on the ground. David Montgomery was back, had 12 for 20. 
Again, they couldn't get anything going. Did fall into the end zone, though, so saved his fantasy day. Khalil Herbert also couldn't get anything going on the ground. Four for 11. Montgomery did have four for 62, so he ended up having a nice fantasy day despite the inefficiency on the ground. Darnell Mooney, 252. Lucky they were big catches if you did play Darnell Mooney. He continues to be disappointing. Don't want to blame Darnell. Want to blame the coaching staff. They're trying to win games without having to throw the ball more than 25 times a game. There's not really much we can do. Cole Komet had his probably best game of the season with 445. He's been disappointing. Someone I know Joel thought was going to be you know, a late-round sleeper, and I, I honestly agreed. But, you know, this passing volume, it's just not there. Um, Equinemius St. Brown, 2 for 24. Smith Marset, 1 for 15. And Vilas Jones, um, the rookie, scored his first touchdown. One catch for nine yards. And the tutty. Let's move on to the next game. Next one up. Let's see what they've got in store for me. Commanders, Titans. Gross. Very, very gross. Um, you know what was funny, though? That pick Carson Wentz threw right at the end. You think, far out. Wentz, he's on here. You think he's just, they march up the field. And you go, these Commanders are going to get him. I was getting excited, you know. The Broncos are an AFC team. Titans are now 3-2. and two. I was hoping they were going to be 2-3. and three. I'm thinking this is going to be all right. We don't want these AFC teams to win. If an NFC team can take a game away here, this is good. And then he just throws a disgusting pick on the goal line and the game's over. Um, he had 359 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Really good fantasy day if you did play him. Brian Robinson made his return after being shot in the offseason. Um Bonded to Brian Robinson for coming back, and he came back and just took over the backfield. Like, guy got shot like five weeks ago, and now Antonio Gibson is just some practice squad return kick, kick returner. Um, nobody. He had nine carries, 22 yards. Brian Robinson couldn't get anything going. His Titans defensive line is really, really talented. Carson Wentz, 5 for 15 on the ground. Antonio Gibson, just the three carries for six yards. Diamond Brown was the guy who got into the end zone twice for Carson Wentz. He had two catches, converted them both into touchdowns for 105 yards. Again, pretty fluky. It's going to be Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel um, being involved most weeks, especially and as well as Jahan Dotson. Terry McLaurin had five for 76. Nice little fantasy day. Continues to be consistent, but doesn't have much of an upside um, in this offense. Curtis Samuel, six for 62. Another nice week for him. He's putting together a really good season. Both guys are going to be, you know, back-end wide receiver twos. John Bates, 3 for 39. J.D. McKissick, 3 for 37. Tony Gibson doesn't have that pass-catching role anymore. He did have 3 for 33, but it's mostly J.D. McKissick, and then it's going to be Brian Robinson on early downs, it seems. Where Antonio Gibson falls in that equation, I don't know. You can't be trusted going forward. Cam Sims had one catch for seven yards. Titan side of the ball, the king. I don't care that he went for 3.6 a carry under four yards carry. Who cares? 28 carries, 102 yards, two tutties. The king. They win games when Derrick Henry gets into the end zone. That's it. End of story. Um, he's an incredibly talented player. The Titans are going to continue to lean on Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill only threw the ball 25 times, completed 15, 181 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Nick Westbrook had 2 for 72. No one's playing Nick Westbrook. Robert Woods, 4 for 37. Again, disappointing fantasy day. Derrick Henry had 2 for 30. Dontrell Hilliard, 4 catches, 23 yards, and he was the one who got into the end zone for Ryan Tannehill. Again, Hilliard, purely a backup play for uh, Derrick Henry. You're not going to be playing him unless something were to happen to Henry. Um, nothing else to really grab from that game. 
Next game we've got up now is the New Orleans Saints getting over the line against the Seattle Seahawks. Both teams are now two and three. Um, Andy Dalton in at quarterback, 187 yards, one touchdown, one interception, threw the ball 24 times. Clear they wanted to get the running game going. And boy, did they get the running game going. Alvin Kamara heavily involved, 23 carries, 103 yards. Mark Ingram, 9 carries, 16 yards. Andy Dalton carried the ball seven times for four yards, probably just scrambles. Um, But it was none other than Taysom the God Hill. Nine carries, 112 yards, and three touchies. He looked incredible. They couldn't chase him down. Once he got in the open field... He was just screaming down the field. They couldn't catch him. He looked like he looked slow, but the guys just aren't catching him. I think he looks slow probably because he, he's white. Like he looks slower than the rest of them, but then he's just flying. Um, he's incredibly good. Did complete a pass for another touchdown, a 22 yard touchdown complete pass as well. Had a massive fantasy day. Shout out Matty Barbs, who picked him up off our waiver wire. He had Kyle Pitts out. He had a couple tight ends on his bench. He wasn't feeling comfortable with him. He goes, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pick up Taysom Hill. I'm going to put him in my tight end slot. And then he drops like 35 points. Still couldn't get the job though. Job done though, could you champ? So, uh, you know, you'd be disappointed about that. But, you know, good pick up and play. Alvin Kamara, 6 for 91. He had an, Again, he had a really good game. Alvin Kamara is back to doing what he does best. Again, someone that, you know, was probably a trade uh, for target with the disappointing weeks, especially with the injury as well. Chris Olavo, 454 and a touchdown, continues to put on a absolute clinic as a rookie. He looks really good. Adam Trowman, 2 for 32 and a touchdown as well. Seahawks side of the ball. Couldn't get the job done, but Geno Smith continues to look like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I've got to give props where they're due. Geno Smith, he's cooking. He's making Russell Wilson look like shit, if I'm being completely honest, and that's coming from a Broncos fan. Not happy about it, but Geno, 16-25, 268, three touchdowns. Kenneth Walker on the ground, 80, uh, 88 yards on eight carries and a touchdown. Rashad Penny was looking good, 8-54, before um, he had to get you know carted off the field. It's now been revealed that he has a broken fibula, I believe. He's going to be out for the rest of the season. Kenneth Walker, for whatever reason, is available in your league. He is a priority add. You must pick him up. You must play him every week for the rest of the season. Kenneth Walker's first-round running back. He's got the talent. He's got the draft capital, and he's looked good in the limited work he's had behind Rashad Penny. Now Rashad Penny's out of the way. We wish him a speedy recovery, but it's Kenneth Walker time in Seattle. We then had Tyler Lockett continue his good season. Um, Five catches, 104 yards, two touchdowns. Currently wide receiver eight in fantasy. Like, who would expect that? With Russell Wilson gone and Geno Smith under center, we were expecting a pretty um, disappointing season for Tyler Lockett, but he has returned um, value and then some. DK Metcalf continues to put up good numbers as well, 5 for 88 and a touchdown. Noah Fant, 3 for 49. Will Disley, 2 for 21. Both those guys sharing time at the tight end position. All right, next game. Let's get it. And the very next one is... Panthers, Niners, another beatdown, 15-37. San Francisco 49ers get the job done. I'll start with their side of the ball. Jimmy G, 18-30, 253 yards, two touchdowns. Um, did what Jimmy G needs to do. Didn't turn the ball over. You know, get the ball in the end zone a couple times, let the defense and the running game do most of the work. My name is Jeff Wilson, 17 carries, 120 yards, one touchdown. 
he's awesome. Jeff Wilson. It's that just that Niners run that Niners run game. It doesn't matter who you put in there. I reckon I could get a seventeen carries for 120 yard twenty yards and a touchdown and behind that offensive line, behind that scheme, the Shanahan run game continues to dominate. Tevin Coleman, promoted from the practice squad. He's now back on the practice squad. He had eight carries for 23 yards and a touchdown as well. Debo had two for 12 on the ground as well. The passing game really evenly spread around, um, you know, what we expect, but the passing volume wasn't um, super high in this game. We had Brandon Ayuk lead the team receiving with three for 58. George Kittle, five for 47. Juwan Jennings, two for 45. Tevin Coleman, three for 44. Kyle Juszczyk, two for 27. Debo with a disappointing fantasy day had two for 20, but he got into the end zone. So you were happy in the end. He's just inevitable. He's going to score touchdowns. He's just, um, you know, an awesome player. Jeff Wilson, one for 12 through the air as well. Now, Carolina Panthers, Baker Mayfield injured and shit. If you weren't already aware, um, 215 yards and an interception. Then we saw Philip Walker come in. He had completed five out of six of his passes for 60 yards. Christian McCaffrey uh, continued to do what Christian McCaffrey does best. That is produce regardless. 14 carries, 54 yards, one touchdown. Um, He also had seven catches, 50 yards. He's going to give you fantasy points. Like He's just one of the best players in the NFL. Shea Smith, 4 for 69. DJ Moore, 4 for 59. Robbie Anderson, 1 for 32. Terrence Marshall had probably his best game of his career. Um, Yeah, I don't know how he managed to get playing time. He's looked god-awful his entire career so far. He had a 4 for 30. Good on him. Um, Giovanni Ricci, 3 for 27. And Ian Thomas had 2 for 8. Philip Walker's going to be in at quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Again... You're going to have to downgrade the receivers again. I don't think you can downgrade these receivers when they had Baker Mayfield even more from where they already were. But again, you can't trust these guys. Um, It's disappointing. We're expecting DJ Moore to have a good year, hoping that, you know, Baker Mayfield is going to be an upgrade and clearly has not come to fruition. Now, we had the Arizona Cardinals play the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles move to 5-0. Jalen. He's just the man. We just love Jalen Hurts on this podcast, and I was beating the drum all off season. I like I'm not the kind of guy to do a uh, you know a victory lap five games into the season. That's a lie. I am the kind of guy to do a victory lap five games into the season. Jalen Hurts, he's gonna be the MVP. They're gonna go sixteen and zero. They're gonna go all the way to the Super Bowl, and it's gonna be Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles lifting the Lombardi Trophy at the end of the year. I'm calling it right now. They might never lose again. Um, Jalen Hurts. 26 of 36, 239 yards through the air. It doesn't matter. He gave you 15 carries, 61 yards, two touchdowns. How good is the quarterback sneak? Joel, I know you're a great fan of the quarterback sneak. Um, and they continue to be dominant on the ground. Miles Sanders, 15 for 58. Didn't get into the end zone this time. Kenny Gamewell, 3 for 20 as well. Dallas Goddard led the team receiving. Shouts out to me. Played him in my flex this week. Um, 8 for 95. And Wanda Smith, 10 for 87. AJ Brown had a quiet week with 3 for 32. He's probably going to be touchdown dependent, but also he's going to be, you know, someone that you need to put in your lineups every single week. Quez Watkins, 3 for 19. Miles Sanders, 2 for 6. On the Cardinals side of the ball, Kyler Murray saved his fantasy day 
by having a nice little rushing floor. He gave you four carries for 42 yards. Others on the ground were James Conner, 9 for 55. Eno Benjamin gave you 8 for 25 and a touchdown. Daryl Williams, 3 for 9. Rondell Moore had a couple of carries but did lose yardage on those. Now, to the running game, though. We saw James Conner get injured, and then we saw Daryl Williams get injured. Eno Benjamin was last man standing. Um, when he came into the game... Looked all right. Got involved in the passing game as well. We'll go through the receiving stats in just a moment. But it is going to be Eno Benjamin moving forward until those guys can get healthy. If James Conner doesn't get healthy and Darrell Williams does first, I think Eno Benjamin's still going to be the primary back. Obviously, if James Conner comes back, then Eno Benjamin gets relegated to the bench again. Till then, though, in a high-powered Cardinals offense, Eno Benjamin's going to be definitely be playable. We want to put him in your lineup. Kyler Murray had 250 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Didn't burn fantasy owners, but isn't quite giving you what you wanted. You wanted a high-end elite quarterback hasn't been quite that but speaking of high end and elite Marquise Brown continue his dominant you know incredibly consistent start to the season we were expecting this with DeAndre Hopkins out target volume has been phenomenal it's given you eight catches 78 yards and a touchdown Rondell Moore looked really good as well he had seven for 68 seems to have taken over that slot role full time and I think he's going to stay there as well could be valuable for fantasy late into the season especially if this offense can get clicking even more um, I hope DeAndre Hopkins back at the uh, be- at the beginning of week seven will be his first game back. Zach Ertz had six for forty eight, nice little day for him. Like I said, you know Benjamin got involved in the passing game, three for twenty eight. AJ Green had three for twenty. James Conner just the one catch for eight yards. I'm gonna move on to the next game. We're almost there. We've got three to go. Rams Cowboys. Cooper Rush. You ever you ever remember when uh what's his name? Lamello and Lonzo Ball's dad. LeVar Ball, that's it, LeVar. Remember when he was on the, uh, he was saying he could beat Michael Jordan one-on-one and he was saying, never lost. That's that's basically Cooper Rush right now. He's never lost. Can't be beaten. 10 for 16, 100 yards. Did he lose though? He only threw for 100 yards, but did he lose though? No, he didn't. The quarterback, he's responsible for winning. When teams lose, it's the quarterback who's to blame. When teams win, it's the quarterback that gets the praise. This is how this league works. So he had 100 yards. Then we saw Tony Pollard do far more with his carries than what Ezekiel Elliott did. He had eight carries for 86 yards and the touchdown. That breakaway touchdown was really nice. Shows his burst. But it was Ezekiel Elliott who had 22 carries, 78 yards. Again, not incredibly efficient, but I think the Cowboys are going to continue to use Zeke and Tony Pollard this way. It makes sense. Tony Pollard's a more explosive back. He's not someone you want to run the ball with 20 times a game. Zeke is that bigger body. Hasn't been able to break away. Hasn't been able to score as many touchdowns as we like. Um, hasn't been involved in the passing game. But when Dak Prescott comes back and this offense becomes a bit more you know, high-powered, the touchdown opportunities are going to come for both of these running backs. I think they're going to be good, but they're going to be a bit closer together than what uh, Ezekiel Elliott owners were hoping for. CD Lamb didn't totally um, burn fantasy owners, had 553. I mean, in a game that was only where the quarterback only threw for 102 yards, you can't be too upset. Michael Gallup, 4 for 44. Noah Brown had 1 for 5. Dalton Schultz continues to disappoint this season, sadly. Without Dak Prescott there, his best mate. Um, hasn't been a good time for Dalton Schultz. We have Matthew Stafford, 308 yards, one touchdown, one interception, 28 for 42. A little bit disappointing. Cam Akers continues to do nothing. Um, he got all of the carries um, for the running backs. No one else got a touch. 
Darrell Henderson doesn't seem to be someone they can count on to run the ball, even though he's been more efficient than Darrell, than uh, Cam Akers at every corner of this season. It doesn't make sense to me. 13 carries, 33 yards. Cam Akers looks poor. This offensive line looks really poor. So I don't want to blame it totally on Cam Akers, but this offensive line has been very, very disappointing. Cooper Cup. Um, he's awesome. Just continues to do Cooper Cup things. He had seven catches, 125 yards, and a touchdown. Tutu Atwell had one catch, 54 yards. Nice little catch for Tutu. Tyler Higby continues to be a very, very solid tight end one. Um, he's locked in as a tight end one. Um, you know why? He's white, and Matthew Stafford only throws to white receivers. Ben Skronik, 6 for 41. Darrell Henderson also had four for 30. Allen Robinson. I hate that man. I really do, and I don't say that lightly. I waited. Like, I, I gave him the benefit of the doubt last year because he's on the Chicago Bears, and I thought, no, Alan Robinson, he's still the player we know he can be, the player he was for the Bears, the player he was for the Jags. We thought, this is it. He's got Matthew Stafford, elite quarterback, you know, LA Rams, elite offense. This is It all makes sense all on paper. It's beautiful. And then he comes out and just disappoints and spits in fantasy on his face every week. I don't even want him on a roster. He hasn't seen my starting lineup in three weeks now. I've had enough. I just, I just want to cut ties. Like Anyone in the league listening, like, I'll take anything. Like Get disrespectful if you need to. Send me like $3 in fab for Alan Robinson. I'm probably hitting accept. I just don't want to see him anymore. I'm just over it. Alan Robinson, if you hear this, you've let me down. And I want a handwritten apology letter. And if I don't see just, like, watermarks where there's been tears we when you've written this letter, then don't even bother. Because I know it won't be from the heart. Because that's how your fantasy owners feel right now. They're heartbroken and they just want to see more. They want to see you succeed. But anyway, I'm just I'm getting a little bit too personal here. Lamar Jackson is good at winning football games. Didn't have a massive fantasy day, but got the job done over the division rivals, Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals fall to 2-3, Baltimore Ravens 3-2. Really big game, especially, you know, this is probably one of those games you look back later in the season, you go, gee, they're able to get over the line with a game-winning field goal from Justin Tucker. He's money, does not miss. Only kicker in the entire NFL you can count on at this point. Lamar Jackson had 19 uh, completions, 32 attempts, 174 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Gave you 58 yards on the ground on 12 carries. J.K. Dobbins was his efficient self. Eight carries, 44 yards. Kenya Drake, 4 for 26. Devin Duvernay, 3 for 24. Yeah, went up against Devin Duvernay in his most productive game ever. They gave him three carries, for God's sake. They knew he was playing against me in fantasy. They're like, you know what we're going to do? Devin Duvernay carries. They're like, let's get, let's get in his hands. Let's really get stuck into Frank. Mark Andrews, 8 for 89, a touchdown. Mark Andrews is awesome. We know this. Devin Duvernay, again, most productive he's ever been. 5 for 54. Man was getting targets. Rashad Bateman on my team, yep. Injured, dead. Devin Duvernay slides straight into that wide receiver one roll. What a crock of shit. DeMarcus Robinson, 1 for 8. Tylen Wallace, 1 for 8. Isaiah Likely, 2 for 7. James Proche, 1 for 7. James Proche also playing against me. He had one catch for 7 yards, as expected, because he sucks. But all these other sucky players on Burjo's team wanted to go off that week. I don't know. I just don't get it. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow continues to be pretty disappointing, honestly. I think this offense will get it going eventually, but they just haven't been able to yet. Offensive line has been really poor. He had 217 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Joe Mixon, 
Didn't have a massive fantasy day, but gave you just enough points where you weren't too upset. He had 14 carries, 78 yards, was quite efficient, but the offense, you know, didn't give him many opportunities to, you know, score touchdowns or anything like that. They couldn't really sustain drives. Samajo Ryan spelled Joe Mixon 3 for 17. Hayden Hurst had 6 for 53 and a touchdown. He looks to be, you know, a, a low-end tight end one, you know, high-end tight end two. If you need a spot start somebody, I've got him sitting on the end of my bench. If bye weeks don't break my way, if injuries come my way at the tight end position, I'm happy to roll out Hayden Hurst. He's a nice little volume play. Jamar Chase, 750. Samajo Ryan 4 for 39. Mike Thomas, 1 for 33. Tyler Boyd, 3 for 32. Joe Mixon, 3 catches for 10 yards. All right, two games to go. We, we're smashing it, guys. No, one game to go. God, I'm, just, I'm so good. Now, and I'm, I'm looking at my time now, and I'm, at, I'm sitting at like 52 minutes or 51. No, 54. God, I can't read. 54 minutes. I'm going to keep this under an hour just because I'm that good. Now, the Monday night game. Kansas City Chiefs, Las Vegas Raiders. Now... If there was an option for both teams to lose, as a Broncos fan, I would I'd have it that, that way. But the way things are panning out, and the way I think the Kansas City Chiefs are one of the best teams in football yet again, and Patrick Mahomes is like the best player to ever play the game. Um, probably happy the Las Vegas Raiders got done, and especially in the fashion that they did, got beaten by a point. The receivers running into each other, you just couldn't ask for anything better. You know, um, Patrick Mahomes continues to show why. Doesn't matter that he doesn't have Tyreek Hill. He's got his best mate, Travis Kelsey. So he had 292 yards and four touchdowns. On the ground, Jerick McKinnon had the most carries with eight for... No, not the most carries, most yards. Eight for 53. Patrick Mahomes, four for 28. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire disappointed, nine for 15. This is the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire we know. I don't know who that man was through the first four weeks of the season. I know this guy, Clyde. He's the guy we saw through the first two years of his career um, back down to earth. He's still going to have his weeks where he scores touchdown. This offense is too good. Speaking of scoring touchdowns, who needs yardage? Who needs points for yardage? Just so outdated. They should just take that stat away and just give points only for touchdowns. Seven catches, 25 yards. Not many. I reckon I could run 25 yards pretty quick. 25 yards. But four touchdowns for Travis Kelsey. I think by the end of the game, they were just taking the piss. They're like, let's, you know who we're going to scheme up in the red zone again? Travis Kelsey. They won't see it coming. The Raiders, they they don't expect us to throw the ball to Travis Kelsey in the red zone. Scheme him up again. He's awesome. Um, he's going to continue to be awesome. Till I see otherwise, man, he's getting old. But until I see a significant drop-off, he is the best tight end in football. It's not even close. It's Travis Kelsey, Gap. Everyone else. Um, we saw the wide receivers for the Kansas City Chiefs give us a bit of production for once. MVS, 6 for 90. Mikhail Hubman, 4 for 73. Juju, very disappointing, 3 for 33. Um, it's clear that there isn't going to be a clear wide receiver one. If something's clear, it's unclear. And it's unclear who the wide receiver one is for the Kansas City Chiefs. Clyde Woods Alaire, 3 for 20. Jarek McKinnon, 2 for 19. Sky Moore, 2 for 15. Justin Watson, 1 for 10. Noah Gray, 1 for 7. Now, the Raiders. Derek Carr, couldn't get the job done, buddy. It's because he's a very, very average quarterback. But, you know, he's definitely not below average, though. Um, that's what they keep telling me down in Raiderland. Um, 19 completions, 30 attempts, 241 yards, 2 touchdowns. Josh Jacobs. 
I swear I just revitalized careers when I trade players away. They just they just come good. Josh Jacobs, 21 carries, 154 yards, and a touchdown. Continues his claim to be a running back one. I think he is a running back one. He's going to finish top 12 if he keeps getting the opportunities that he has. Um, you know, they made him play the Hall of Fame game, for God's sake. And now he's got 21 out of the 23, sorry, 24 carries, 23. Got it right the first time. 23 carries the running backs took for the Raiders. It doesn't make sense. You made him play the Hall of Fame game. Like, why? I just, McDaniels, I hate you. Devonta Adams only had the three catches. You think that'd be a disappointing fantasy day? No, you'd be wrong. 124 yards, two touchdowns. He's the man. You know what? He, I, you know what would make it um, his fantasy day even be, even better? If they gave fantasy points for the number of photographers you push over on your way out of the stadium. As a Broncos fan, that's so damn funny. I love seeing Raiders players, Raiders fans, Raiders coaches. I want to see them all upset. I want to see tears streaming. Man, we're so mad that the poor photographer, he's trying to get a photo, man. He's trying to do his job. He's like, bro, get the hell out of the way. I'm fired up. Um, Apparently, he might get a suspension. And even funnier, though, puts out an apology on Instagram. He's like, I'm so sorry. I was so upset. I was just emotional. Like, I, I hope you accept my apology. I hope you see this. The next day, the guy has filed a police report against Devontae Adams. He is literally going to be like, nah, man, I appreciate the apology. Where's the money at? He's going to be like that uh, Tom Cruise film where he's screaming, show me the money. That's the guy right now. He's sitting at home. He's probably got a neck brace on at home. Man didn't even, like, land on his neck. He's sitting there, neck brace. He's like, yeah, I'm paralyzed from the waist down after Devontae has pushed me. He pushed me with, like, the power of three gods. Um, good luck to him, honestly. Yeah, you got to get that bag. I'd be doing the same thing. I'd be rolling. I'd probably still be rolling around the ground, if I'm honest. I wouldn't I wouldn't have left the stadium. I'd have been, like, call me an ambulance. You have to call the chopper, fly the chopper in. It would have been bad. I would have made a total scene. Cancelled the game just about. Um, Brandon Bolden, 3 for 29. Hunter Renfro, 4 for 25. Josh Jacobs gave you five catches for 39 yards. Jesper Horsted, 3 for 19. Jacob Johnson, 1 for 5. Now, someone who I want to put on blast, Darren Waller. Where are you at, buddy? I need it. I needed you. I needed I need 16 point like five points to win my matchup. And what do you do? You re-injure yourself like one quarter in. And then you sit there questionable to come back into the game for like a quarter just to get ruled out. There was no one like I was reading reports and there's no one on the sideline tending to you, just sitting there like a loser. I don't want losers on my team. I need more from you, buddy. Get healthy. We've got fantasy championships to win. I need you later on in the year. Dallas got it. He's going to hold down the fort. But I but I traded you, traded in for you, Darren Wallach, so I was expecting to get some good production, and I'm, I'm not getting it right now. But I know you got it in you. So if you're hearing this, step up. Now, I don't think I've got anything else I need to add. I've gone through all the games. I'm looking forward to week six. Should be another good week of football. Hopefully my Broncos cannot disappoint. I mean, we always seem to beat the Chargers once a year, but, gee, they look like a much better football team than us. Um, 
but we will see. Bears Commanders on Thursday night. God, we get spoiled on Thursday night, don't we, everyone? Far out. That's going to be tough, but I'll be tuning in. I'll watch every single game. I absolutely love it. Um, do you want to say thank you for listening? As always, make sure you go follow the podcast on our socials, at the Twitters, at the FB Addicts. Yep, nailed that. And then on Instagram at the Fantasy Addicts. All right, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating. Uh, any questions? Hit us in the DMs, whether it's on Twitter, Instagram. DM us. Yeah, any questions? Start sits, trade questions, whatever it might be. We're here to help. Um, we just yeah, we live and breathe this stuff. Make sure you you know check out all the other content. I know. I I, I will admit though, the bets this week didn't go that well. Shah didn't and Joel both of you, but. The, what was it? Three or four weeks before that, hot streak. You'd be, you'd probably be able to have enough to retire by now if you followed us on those bets. Um, but yeah, there was plenty more content to come this uh, week. As always, take care and thank you for listening. <laughs>